going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Shoot or Pass podcast. On behalf of Baseline Times, the NBA season is coming to an end and enter in the NBA playoff. Or excuse me, play-in tournament? I don't know. I'm a little confused. So are we. We'll figure it out, though. Uh, Shoot or Pass podcast, we're back at you. We know we've been on a little bit of a hiatus. This is Chevy. Nothing's changed. You guys can always find us at Baseline Times, Instagram, Twitter. Please follow us. Check us out, www.baselinetimes.com. And without further ado, let's get the co-host, my favorite co-host in the whole wide world, Gabe. Robbie, what's going on? Welcome back. Um, well, <laughs> I don't, uh, do you want me to sugarcoat this or tell you the truth? Well, we, all, we, want, we want the truth, Robbie. Great, no chaser. I I've been I've been getting lit, man. I've been drinking a little too much. Okay, I may or may not have gone a little hard on my 29th birthday, and so I think that you know I have to refocus. I have to refocus. Whoa, 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 whoa! Her birthday gave happy belated, Robbie. Happy belated. I had no idea. I'm sorry about that. 29. How's it feel? weird because like i i think that i've it's finally gone through my head that i can't hang anymore like i really legitimately cannot hang and over the past couple of weeks i was feeling brave i was like you know what three shots i'm feeling good what's another three gonna do and i just kept adding them on and adding them on and last friday it just came to a head and uh you know may or may not have gotten carried out of a bar i don't know oh okay well you know, you enjoy you enjoy that, Robbie, because you know Gabe and I can. Yeah, we're we're nodding our heads set after. I know I'm a fool. I'm a fool. So I I took a hiatus from the podcast, but now I'm back, and I will be taking a hiatus from drinking twelve shots of tequila. Okay. So that's where I'm at Damn. in my life. That's funny because the last time I believe we were having a conversation was right after Easter, and um, you guys were giving me a hard time about Sunday margs. <laughs> Let you know. Little do we know. That's good though. Congratulations, Robbie. You know, you know, we Yeah, you know, we we took a little hiatus, so we're back. You know, it's funny, one of our number one listeners, Logan, he hit me, I think last week. We you know, this week or last week, he was like, Hey, um, you guys on a hiatus? I'm like, damn, the streets needs us, but you know, my team here, we're uh we're figuring things out. We're living life. But we're here. Um well, Robbie, you know what? We'll start with you. What's your NBA mood? Because I'm sure you have a great one to, you know, to celebrate. Well, I don't know how great it is, but um, I don't know if you guys saw last night. Well, I'm sure you guys saw last night. The Heat officially in the playoffs. We will not have to play in the playing tournament. And holy shit, what a relief. Um, Bam Adebayo, he did a post-game interview with the TNT guys. And he called out Dwayne Wade. For taking his sweet ass time responding to his texts. And I relate to that heavily because I've gotten some shit from people for doing the same thing. And it made me think, are you guys the type to like constantly immediately respond to text messages? Do you guys have like a texting etiquette? No. <laughs> it takes me a while to respond sometimes. Well, Gabe, I, Y'all know this I, Gabe, I wouldn't expect anything less from you. Like you are definitely the guy <laughs> that responds within three to five business days. He really is. <laughs> <laughs> My thing he is that I get is. so many notifications, it's hard to just rifle through them. So I got to kind of prioritize. But 
I mean, I try not to do that, but it just happens, you know. You know, you know what? I feel that though, but that—that's exactly where I was going to. I have there's like levels to this shit. Like, if Audio Man is hitting me up asking me a question, like Mm -hmm. I'll typically respond quickly to him. If it's like my grandma sending me, Abuelita, I love you. But if it's Abuelita sending me like a chain message on WhatsApp (laughs) that is reminiscent of like those chain messages from MySpace. Yeah, I'm not oh even responding God. to that shit. Abuelita, I love you so much. I'm sorry. What about you, Chevy? I I, I was I was reasoning with with you though, Robbie, because you know obviously wife you and I would you know we we honestly don't text each other because we're almost around each other, both from, both working from home. So like our text messages are are days apart, and then finally she'll go out to the store, need something, or ask me something. So yeah, it's that I know when she texts me, it's kind of important, right? If nothing, if no text from her, it's kind of like eh. And then my mom might text me something. I'll respond to her. But I actually respond to my mom, like, delayed because sometimes I'm at work. And then what's really bad about it, though, is that I'll go to the group chat with my friends cracking jokes, and I'll respond to that versus And, and you'll to my forget. Mom. You're like, oh, shit, I got to respond to my mom. <laughs> yeah. The one who gave birth to so me. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's the bad part about it. So now I'm like, okay, listen, this is what I'm going to do now. There's a certain point in the night where like Colin's asleep, my son's asleep, you know, wifey and I are just chilling. I'll scroll through my text message. So you might get a late night text message from me saying, oh, hey, you know, yeah, sure, whatever. Whatever you were texting about earlier, it, I'm responding to it now or last night or yesterday. Yeah, I've really become the type of person that I might respond to you the next day. It's weird as you get older, you, you get to that point. But yeah, man. Let me clarify something, by the way. Um, so, yeah, so for text, yeah, obviously when my wife texts me, that's automatic response. Um, my, my parents the same way, but when it comes to my brothers making jokes or sending memes and stuff or social media, those get kind of delayed because it's like, all right, I'm busy. I don't got time to check it. But texts from the wife or my mom and dad, yes, those get responded to right away. So yeah. I, other than that, yeah, I'm not too terrible with texting. It's just social media mostly. Yeah, I agree. Gabriel Lloyd, a reasonable man of the streets. A reasonable man. I try to be, you know? Absolutely, Mr. Gabe. Um, well, Gabe, let let's let's talk about your NBA mood. You said you had one ready. Yeah, so a little. I'm gonna piggyback off of hers, but it's with the other team, uh, the Boston Celtics. Um, my mood lately, my mood lately, because we had like a COVID scare in my house recently. Not at my house, but someone close to us. So it's just been like somber days. Like just me going to work every day, driving what 30 miles a day. It's been getting on my nerves, and then we had that happen. So it's like, eh, blah. It's the Celtics right now. Their season went from bad to worse to even more worse, if that is possible, losing Jalen Brown for the season. Yeah. You know, they had low expectations. Well, I can't say low expectations, but based on their draft and what they did, they didn't really improve much. So I feel like, you know, they're just hanging in the wind, and they're in a playoff tournament, and, you know, they're just kind of floating around there. That's kind of been my mood lately. So out of all the all the teams that get impacted by COVID, you put you pick the Celtics to describe, you know, the COVID scare and outbreak. Unfortunately, unfortunately, the Celtics. Well, yeah, I mean we we've had it out for the Celtics on this show. Um, my NBA mood, you got. I I say myself or laugh on purpose so you guys can just be disappointed and <laughs> and be upset about it. But I I felt like you know, like Mr. LeBron James what he said in the at the end of the ring ceremony or the uh, banner unveiling, you know, the road to back-to-back starts next week. So I'm excited. 
That's how I feel. <laughs> Anyways. The road to back to back. Are they in the play-in tournament? <laughs> anyway. It begins next week, guys. I mean, you know. And let me just say one more thing out there. Like, someone, I forgot what uh, NBA analyst show said this, but all the four teams that went deep into the playoffs last season, or the final four, you want to say, they've all struggled this year. Boston being one of them. Miami's another one. I'm no, no, sorry, not Boston. Actually, Milwaukee's done. No, we beat them in the second round. I'm getting confused. I'm old. Well, yeah, Boston. Is it was Boston, us, the Lakers, and uh, well, the Nuggies, do you say Denver struggled? I mean, I don't know. We'll they, 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 they was decent, but they, they lost a lot of guys now. So they're going to struggle if they haven't. But, yeah, you know. Sure. For sure. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk about that. We, we got a good, great show. I mean, you know, obviously we're on a hiatus here, but we have sh- shooter pass round here, short one, uh, some studs and duds of the second half of the season. Uh, we'll get into dribble dunk or flop, the NBA awards edition. So we'll hand out some NBA awards here uh, for you guys for the season. And at the bottom of the show, we will review our Eastern and Western Conference tiers. So if you remember listening to our preseason episodes to preview each of these conferences, we did uh, some some different little uh, tiers. <laughs> and uh, we'll see what the results are after um, the season officially ends. Uh, coming up, what, Sunday's the last few games? But, you know, we might as well call it over for most of the teams here. Shoot or pass. All right, let's get into a short round of shoot or pass here. As always, you guys know the drill. I'll read a statement. If we agree, we will shoot. If we disagree with the statement, we will pass. First, shoot or pass. We all owe Russell Westbrook an apology. Shoot or pass, Robbie? Well, well, well. Perhaps Russell Westbrook is not washed after all. Mr. Triple Double. Just past Oscar Robinson, becoming number one in total career triple doubles. I got to go shoot here. And, and let's add this. He did it in 100 fewer games. And he turned him, along with Bradley Beal, turned a Wizards team around. I mean, guys, when he first came to the Wizards, it, it was a hot mess. We were thinking, all right, maybe the Wizards are going to be the dumpster fire this season. But, you know, here they are. They're, they're that one team that I think you should be a little scared of to face in the play-in. Um, he's first in assists and sixth in rebounds. He's averaging more rebounds a game than Giannis. I'm sorry, Russ. I'm sorry for at one point believing that your career was over. But here's what I'll say. I do stand by the fact that you need to continue improving on your shooting, your ball handling, your passing, and your decision-making because – Father time is ticking, and that athleticism will not last you forever. Okay, some good points there. Um, I'm going to say pass. We, we don't want an apology. This has been his style since day one. I mean, this is Russell Westbrook. He is the new triple-double king. Yes, it took some time to get his team out of the basement, but they're finally here, and it's all because of Russell Westbrook. Now he really has to show what he has now with Bradley Beal being out maybe you know, he might be out in the playoff playing game, so that's going to be big if he's out. But no, this is his style. You either adapt with Russell's style or you get left behind. So, yeah, obviously, like you said, they struggled early in the season. He's picked it up. You know, he's, I guess, figured something out. But, um, yeah, I do agree with his, his uh, efficiency rate. It has to be a little bit better. You know, he's a little sloppy with the ball. But he's just an energy machine. But I don't think, you know, we owe him an apology. You know, this is his style of play. 
you know, you just gotta you gotta build around him. And you know, this team the way they're built now, it might not be good long term, but you know, he's doing something now. So you know, more power to us. Well, they gotta fire Scott Brooks. Oh, that for sure. Yes. Yeah, I, I for me, guys, I, this this is my direction on this. I'll shoot on this for anybody who blatantly disrespected him before the season, midseason, whatever the case was. For me, I know I'm on record saying that maybe he has to. I agree. I know uh, a few weeks or actually about a month and a half ago, I was on here with uh, Steven from Close Off Magic, and we discussed about Russ a little bit and that he, you know, needed to. He's not washed. First of all, we agree he's not washed. He's a great player still. Um, but maybe, you know, he has to make those those adjustments like you alluded to, Robbie. Um, but that, that's the the minimum, you know, complaint, chief complaint with Russ, just the minimum adjustments for his game. But look, at this point, the the whole passing Oscar Robertson, the whole averaging a triple-double, four out of the five seasons, guys, like last five seasons, that's crazy. Like, who would have ever thought, like, just even averaging a triple-double, right? And now it looks like Russ is doing it. It looks like Jokic could do it if he really wanted to at some point. Um, and, and I think that's crazy. So it's awesome. The only thing left for Russ to do really is win that ring. I mean, but if you, if you, let's say guys like a James Harden and Russell Westbrook, they win a ring. Like it just, it's like the cherry on top, right? They've had both incredible careers. So regardless, yeah, if he's not watched. That's the point. I got to agree with that too, though. All right. Shooter pass. Surprisingly, the Tampa Bay Toronto Raptors are not the team that had the most disappointing season. Gabe, we'll start with you. Shooter pass. Shoot, they are. They had better expectations the way they played. I mean, I, I don't know what you attributed to. Maybe uh, Pascal Siakam not maybe living up to what we thought he should be. Um, obviously, they were displaced to Tampa from Toronto, so that makes a big difference because you're not in your own surroundings. But I, I just felt I just felt like they kind of gave up midway to late in the season when Nick Nurse started resting guys with regularity. Even though they had like a slim chance to get into the playoff playing tournament, I just felt like he probably discovered like, look, you know, if this season's a wash, we're just not gonna do much, even if we get in there, because we just don't have the bodies, I guess, to match up with the top teams in the East. But yeah, they were they were a disappointment. And, you know, lots lots of factors came into play. But I feel like they could have been a lot better than that record indicates. And, um, you know, there's always next season, but they got to make some moves. And I don't know what Kyle Lowry's plans are, but, you know, somebody in South Beach can use them. Mm. Just saying. Oh, okay. Robbie, shooter pass. Well, before even deciding, you know, figuring out what Kyle Lowry does, they, they, need, a, they need a re-sign Masai Ujiri because he might walk. And you'd think that, you know, with the Raptors playing in, a, in Tampa, home to the uh, Super Bowl champs and Stanley Cup champs, that maybe there's something in the water or some secret stuff that the Raptors could get their hands on. But no, Gabe made excellent points. They were, they were pretty disappointing. Um, I think that losing Serge Ibaka and Marc Gasol really hurt them. And then, of course, COVID hurt them. I don't know that we saw this big of a decline. But even then, I'm going to say pass because the most disappointing team this season has been the Boston Celtics, Gabe's NBA mood. And look, they've had a lot working against them as well. Injuries, COVID, Danny Ainge fucking up their entire roster and not doing anything to improve it midseason. Said roster having absolutely no depth whatsoever. And, you know, we've seen and talked about Jason Tatum and how 
he's been playing with a lack of hustle and a lack of urgency. And and that seems to have carried over to the rest of the team. I mean, you watch the Celtics and they they seem to just shit the bed in the first half and then turn it up when it's a little too late for them to do so. I don't think anyone saw them slipping this far down. I mean, will they even make it out of the play-in at this point? There's like a real possibility that if they lose out in the regular season, they can fall to the ninth seed. And when you look at the future, I mean, what does this team do? Is it just a matter of getting guys healthy and letting these young guys continue to develop? I don't know if that's going to be enough to contend with the Nets, the Sixers, the Heat, the Hawks, the Hornets. It, it might be time to maybe get rid of one of the Jays or something. Ah, man, you know, with this one here, if we're saying if the, the Tampa, Tampa Bay slash Toronto Raptors are not the team that had the most disappointing season, I, I got to roll with, I, I try to roll with different teams, but the thing is, I would look like a big hypocrite, because let's say we're like, okay, well, they had COVID and injuries, and, and so did many, did many other teams, right? And it for me, it's like, okay, if I, if Sheb won, if I said, hey, man, if I want to give everybody a pass this season, I would blame the most disappointing thing on just as NBA season overall. Like we, we've talked about that, the cloud of the NBA season, the injuries, the schedule in the second half, uh, the COVID outbreaks. I have I really haven't had a chance to get these teams into some sort of swing and consistent um, you know, consistency and, and playing consistent basketball. That's like one of the bo- biggest uh, things you know, that's been disappointed. Um, yeah, I just can't put my finger on one team because every team that I look at that, that can be disappointing – unfortunately has some sort of injury COVID outbreak and it's just like that stopped him. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know if I can really do that. I agree with those points, those guys. And I will go in on the Raptors, um, maybe in our next segment. So yeah, I think our next segment, definitely I'll talk about the Raptors on that one. Um, for last shooter pass here, the most underrated trade this season has turned out to be the Derrick Rose reuniting with Tom Thibodeau in New York. Robbie shooter pass. I'm going to go shoot. Check this out. According to StatMuse, which I believe is Chevy's favorite site, the Knicks Ooh, yeah, one of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Knicks have outscored opponents by 206 points when Derrick Rose is on the floor this season. And he's only played 32 games with the team. And honestly, had he played for the Knicks like this for the entire season, I think he would have been a worthy candidate for sixth man of the year. It just feels like the Knicks have a chance to win when he is on the floor. He has been a difference maker for the team. They're 22 and 11 when he plays and 16 and 21 without him. I'm here for the Derrick Rose redemption arc part seven. (laughs) Let me just say, shoot. Let Let me, before I get into it, let me just say, I absolutely love this New York Knicks team. And that sounds funny coming from a Heat fan. Let me also say, if the Heat would have somehow fall before the Knicks in the playoffs, I'm rooting for the Knicks. What? I'm going for the Knicks if the Heat fell early. But back to the question. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. (laughs) Honestly, I agree with you. I I was so here for a potential Knicks-Heat matchup. Oh, me too. And listen. If it just so happens that they both make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, yo, it's about to be lit. But, I mean, that's probably not going to happen. Oh, for sure. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, as far as Rose and Thibs, they they belong together. Thibs gets the most out of Rose more than any other coach he's had in the league. So, I feel like this is just the right connection for Rose. He knows how to get to him. He can get a plan at a high level. And, you know, it's just something about the connection. But definitely, you know, um, it's a very underrated trade. 
And I can see them doing some things in the playoffs. You know, my, my boy Julius Randle, you know, he's killing it. You know, I'm just I'm just a Knicks fan, but Heat fan first. So, you know. You better be. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I got to say this. I, I'm going to shoot with this one. And it's because, yeah, it's you could almost throw D. Rose in the conversation, top three for six man of the year candidate uh, for him coming off the bench. Um, if you're, you know, with this short, weird season, if you, you wanted to, you can. I would, I would allow it. Um, Tom Thibodeau, Julius Randle, like you just mentioned, Gabe, you enter in D. Rose there. I mean, this is a good defensive team, too. And um, D. Rose, though, has played a huge part of this uh, success here in the second half. You look, you talk about the trade deadline. You look at guys like Chicago who had Vucevic and then they had a second all star technically next to Zach Levine. And uh, I don't see them in the playing tournament. Uh, you look at no, a team your like. Your boy Vooch is knocking yeah. Kyrie out. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and not to, not to uh, pick on you guys, but obviously Oladipo is out, you know, and uh, that, that trade, you obviously. You know, told you I didn't want him. I didn't either, <laughs> you, to be you fair. You don't want to see Oladipo, you know. Um, the Nuggets, to me, guys, with Aaron Gordon, you know, they made a trade deadline move, and they didn't become super unstoppable or, or make a push like the Phoenix Suns and take over the number one seed with that trade. So you look at what trade worked this season for teams and had the better, the best success and improved them. It, it was the Knicks. So shout out to uh, D Rose and Tom Thibodeau. Studs and duds. All right, we're gonna go ahead and switch gears a little bit here and talk about. Our studs and duds of the second half of the NBA season. Robbie Gabe, let's get to it. Let's talk first here about the stud. Studs, or do you have a stud that stood out in the second half of the season? Robbie, we'll let you go first. Absolutely. I am here for the Knicks. And and look, before I name my stud, my stud's pretty obvious. My stud is Julius Randle, but it was tough to decide. There's plenty of guys who have either carried the momentum they had in the from the first half into the second half. And there's also guys who were injured or guys who had slow starts that really picked it up in the second half. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, LaMelo Ball, Jimmy Butler, Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo. But what sealed this pick for me was watching the first half of the Knicks-Lakers game Tuesday night. There was a, a, a play where where Julius Randle, he did some, he made a play on the offensive end of the floor and sprinted back to defend Anthony Davis on the other end of the floor. To me, that's emblematic of what this guy has represented and what he's done throughout the entire season, but particularly in the second half. And that is why he is my stud. He was the player of the month for April in the NBA, averaging 27, 9, and 6 on 44 and 42.7% shooting throughout the month. He's become an all-star. He's developed his three-point shot. He's a better passer. Doesn't force shots anymore. Doesn't feel like he has to carry the weight of his team anymore because he can trust his teammates and trust his coach. He's just completely elevated his game. And because of that, the Knicks are back in the playoffs. And they may make some damn noise in the playoffs. I mean, who saw that coming? Nobody. <clears throat> yeah. That's the beauty of it. Not I. Um, yeah, that's a really good stud. Very good. How about you, Gabe? Well, that was – I have three studs. That was one of them, obviously. Um, he leads the league in minutes, 37, point, 37 minutes a game. Yeah, 38, 31, six in the East. And she's already mentioned all the points about Julius Randle. 
my other two guys that I have on this was Steph Curry. Um, he's he's a league league's leading scorer at 31 points a game. And go to state early in the season, they were dead in the water. They were just like weak and just terrible. They're now eighth in the West. They've been climbing ever since. So I feel like he deserves some kudos for that. And honorable mention is Russell Westbrook. We've already discussed what he's done. They were in the bottom of the basement. Uh, miserable start. He's a triple-double king. He's leading him to the playing tournament. So I feel like those three guys in the second half really helped their teams get into playoff contention. Yeah, hands down. You know, guys, I I don't think there's many options that we had for the second half of the season here that had good second halves, and all three of them are great. Mine personally would have been Russell Westbrook, uh, just to piggyback all what we've said about him from the last shooter pass round uh, to this segment here. I just think Russ represents himself, uh, his hard work, his resilience, uh, his, his ability to stay healthy, Mr. Triple Double King. Um, you know, officially in the record books, um, averaging a triple double. Uh, we can go on and on, but yeah, I and then I think a good follow up to that was Julius Rand- Randall, of course, too. Um, you know, we'll, I think we'll brag about him a little bit later too, especially with our uh, NBA Awards edition coming up here next. But those are the top three. I don't think anything else to me was super impressive uh, coming down the second half of the season. Like we had those little games where, like Giannis had forty nine points against the Nets. Um, and he's been impressive too, but you know, Giannis just has been doing that most of the season. Um, but this is the second half. I agree so far with that. Um, let's get into duds here. Robbie, start us off here. Who did not impress you the second half? The Indiana Pacers did not impress me. And like Mm. with the Celtics, I have to be real. I'm not all too sad about seeing the Pacers fall flat on their faces especially when it benefits the Heat. Before the season started, I think we classified this team as the ultimate idol team. They never blow you away, but they never exactly disappoint you either. They're like a steady force, a middle-of-the-road team, if you will. And like pretty much every team in the league, they've fallen victim to injuries. I mean, TJ Warren only played four games. Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis were out for stretches. Karis LeVert came to the team and had a health scare. And after a hard start and managing to stay afloat a bit there, their game became a little predictable. Teams figured out the Brogdon Sabonis pick and roll and coach Nate Bjorken not only failed to adjust accordingly to keep the winning going, he failed to connect with the players who have come out publicly saying he's completely out of his element in the role. And now here we find the Pacers falling to the play-in and they're another team that you know you think about the future we're like what does it look like how are they gonna keep themselves as competitive as the heat the hawks the knicks the nets the hornets etc my honorable mention is gonna go to victor oladipo who chevy brought up earlier this man is an example of when betting on yourself goes wrong got traded twice in a season finally gets to the Heat after auditioning for them for years, plays only four games, and is now done for the season. Undergoing surgery for that right quadricep tendon again. That's the same surgery he went through in January 2019, and he's probably not even going to be on the team next season. What a fail, dude. What a fail. (laughs) Yikes. Ah, man. Gabe, dud. Yeah, Chev, you kind of touched on this earlier, but I feel like the league scheduling as a whole has been a dud this year. 
as we've seen, a lot of the superstars have been in and out of the lineups. There's absolutely zero defense being played in these games. These scores are out of control lately. I just feel like the continuity is hard to keep track of because every other night you got to start resting or you got a lot of value guys coming off the bench playing 40 minutes a game. It's just, it, like I said, obviously there's a lot of issues going on with the season due to COVID that started everything. But I just feel like the, the teams themselves, they were trying to adjust to the way the schedule was made because of how short it was and, and the 10 games they lost that to play back-to-backs or maybe three games in four nights or maybe four, four games in six nights. So you have to kind of account for the players' rest in order to get these games in. So I just feel like as the season as a whole and the scheduling, and it's just been awful to watch some of these games. And um, that's pretty much my dud. Now, on a personal level, I'm going to say Kawhi Leonard as well. He's been kind of just below the radar crap. But that's mostly due to fantasy purposes. <laughs> He's played 51 games oh of God. the possible 72. I mean, you knew it was coming. I, I just, you knew it was coming. I just feel like he's just been average. Have you heard about him this season? No. Uh, the Clippers, they're, I think they're third in the West, so they're still they're not in trouble or anything. But he's just been kind of quiet, you know, just on the radar. So, so every player that lost you money this year is a dud. No, 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 no. Just, just he <laughs> lose me money. It's just that his, his, you know, he's just been quiet this year. But the scheduling as a whole was a dud this year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, if I had to pick one dud per, for me personally, like that, that Gabe, I would say the Toronto Raptors. Um, you know, and I think not to not pick on them too much because it's a team that is literally trans, you know, transferring from one country to another, and um, that's a little different. The environment, you, you know, you're not in your natural environment. Some of those guys have been there for a few seasons. They have their home in Toronto. I'm sure, and to just uproot and come to Tampa for, what, six months at a time, you know. Um, now they can just go back home. They don't have to make the, – they're not making the playoffs, right? They made the playoffs last seven seasons in a row, uh, so that record's about to be broken. Um, they were hit, hit with a lot of health protocol, you know, absentees. Uh, looks like the coaching staff got COVID. They just never really gained any sort of consistency and got reacquainted with playing high-level basketball. Yeah, I got a nurse a few times. Um, yeah, and they're not a good defensive team this year. They're 16th in the league as of the time of recording this. They are just haven't been a top defensive team like they have been, and that was a big thing for them these last couple of years, getting into the playoffs, the finals with Kawhi, and then you know trying to get back to the, the finals last year in the bubble and played a really good series against Boston, right? So, I mean, I don't know. It's... It's the Toronto Raptors I just don't want to pick on, but just if I had to pick like a, like a dud here at the second half, it just had to be them. It just had an opportunity maybe with some of the other teams. Um, but, you know, instead it was Washington. Instead it was the Hawks and it was the Knicks picking back the traction and just, just taking a run with it. And now they're, in, they're locked in the playoffs. So, sorry, Toronto. Maybe going back to Canada next season would, would help out a little bit. Before we move on, I, I just I have to throw in an honorable mention for stud. This is out of left field. Just happened a few minutes ago. But uh, ah. honorable mention, stud, Udonis Haslam. All right. Finally, Ooh. listen, listen. He Sixers, okay, okay. He's Sixers game going on right now. Udonis Haslam just made history, okay? Finally plays in a game he and did. is the oldest NBA player over the last 20 seasons to get ejected from a game. <laughs> Oh my automatically God. catapulted into stud status heat culture baby <laughs> my guy 
you know it's funny full disclosure um it flashes across my tablet screen donald haslam becomes the oldest player i got a notification on my phone and i'm like yo i gotta throw this in here man this is incredible incredible i love it i love it you got to witness that gabe history made with with the heat we will always remember where we were when this moment happened and it was here talking to y'all all right it's time for dribble dunk or flop our nba awards edition but also we are playing our version of marry fuck or kill for this year's nba awards and they will follow as dunk will be first on the ballot dribble will be second on the ballot and third will be flop on the ballot if you also uh want to kick somebody to the curb like gabe and pull a trade you can do that uh so pretty much we'll list the nba awards categories here robbie gabe first up is coach of the year our finalist top three monty williams of the phoenix suns quinn snyder of the utah jazz and our guy tommy thibodeau of the new york knicks uh robbie let you go first Dunk, dribble, or flop? Honestly, I feel like this might be one of the tightest races of all of the awards. Like, I can't confidently say that any of these guys are running away with it. Um, But I'm going to start with my dribble. I'm going to go with Quinn Snyder for my dribble. Um, And look, the Jazz technically didn't make as big of a leap as the Suns. But the fact that Quinn Snyder was able to turn a five-seed team into a top team out in the West with what is essentially the same roster as last season is very impressive. My mm-hmm. dunk, Monty Williams. I mean, it's amazing what he's been able to do with the Suns and how he's been able to plug in these veterans like Chris Paul and Jay Crowder into a starting lineup of younger guys and what he's been able to do with this bench unit, which for a lot of games during the season was outperforming the starters. Um, shout out to the Suns and shout out to him. And then my flop, um, Tom Thibodeau, and I'm going to throw Doc Rivers into the mix. Um, I, I think I think that they both deserve to be in consideration for sure. Should be like third and fourth on the ballot. Um, I mean, what what Thibs has done with New York has been incredible. What Doc has done with the Sixers, a team that has failed to meet expectations season after season for a while, is impressive. Um, if I had to pick one or the other, again, I'd give the slight edge to, to Tibbs because the Knicks had lower expectations than the Sixers. Okay. <clears throat> All right. I'm not hating, but the flop goes to Snyder. I say that because the Jazz have been decent for quite some time. So it's not like they were a bottom feeding team or, you know, oh, really, trash. Oh, really, Gabe? Huh. I'm just wow. saying, you know, they, they, they've been decent in the West for, you know, the last few years. So, okay, I got it. Cool. The Suns and the Knicks, however, they've been trashed for the longest period of time. Suns management, as we all know, has been horrific, just bad. So I have Dribble as Monty Williams. He goes in there, he turns the team around. I think they're, what are they, the second seed right now? They're under the Jazz, I believe. That We didn't see that coming, even though we got a glimpse of it last year in the bubble as they won eight straight games and, you know, had the slightest chance to make it but just didn't make it. But that's impressive, you know, and Chris Paul is uh, partly to blame for that. He's the one that has been the anchor of that team. So Monty Williams has his point guard, and, you know, they're off and running. Now, I'm giving a love. I sound like a dead horse or beating a dead horse. Thibs, he is the dunk because 
New York has been trash for, I don't know, since any of us were born, probably. I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> but he's done, he's done a decent job getting these guys to buy into a system and play defense. And, you know, as she said, to actually hustle on the offensive end and, you know, just play together. So I feel like it's hard to call any one of these coaches a flop, but for the sake of the segment, we have to. But Thibs is my dunk because of the Knicks and all the progress they've made this year. Wow. All right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm definitely dribbling on Quinn Snyder. Look, the thing is, Robbie hit it on the head. This minimal roster changes. You go out, you sign Derek Favors, and you thinking Derek Favors is going to come in and be like a key part of this rotation and maybe a difference maker. He's playing in the career low, about 15 minutes per game. Uh, you got Jordan Clarkson with scoring a career high, 18, 19 points, you know, by the season ends. Uh, coming off the bench, he's only played in 66 games, uh, started one game, so he could be the sixth man of the year. Claire is day. We'll talk about that. Um, you know, so you have a Joe Ingles too as well. So you have a couple of candidates, guys. I, I think a lot of this comes down with Quinn Snyder is, is a lot of it is coaching. And, and the top defensive team, obviously, Rudy Gobert on the roster. Uh, Donovan Mitchell isn't doing anything spectacular. I've said this over and over again. I'm not hating. It's just the fact that he's he, he's hitting his, you know, but he's hitting his his season, you know, his season average is is on par with what he does for his career. It's not his, like, his game is elevated where he's scoring more points or he's, he's you know, have, grabbing more rebounds or anything like that. He's just very been consistent. He's fitting right in and, and playing his part like he should. He's just coming up in the big moments, which is what you want your all-star and your star player to do. Shout out to Quinn Snyder because, you know, coming off of like last season, guys, is that that bubble run that they had, they, they lost that game seven to Denver, the team that went to the Western Conference Finals against the Lakers. They lost that game seven, arguably by like a three-point shot. They probably could have gone on almost similar to a similar run. I'm, I'm not going to play what ifs here, but I mean, you know, a team. So, you know, they, they've came over into the season prepared, ready in a short offseason and ready to go and, and play their best basketball. I'm going to go ahead and dunk on Tom Thibodeau just because of the way the Knicks have ended up. Um, the, the I mean, we've said a lot about the Knicks, guys. I'm not going to, you know, you know, waste my breath over that. I'll, I'll, I'll say flop or just put their on a ballot for Monty Williams. Um, I think Chris Paul is a bigger factor in this case here. Uh, Monty was a huge part of, you know, being a part of that team first year and then eight and oh run in the bubble. But, Chris Paul, you add him to this mix, Devin Booker gets a little bit better. I just think that you, you can't really put him in the top two conversation right now. Tom Thibodeau was probably working with a little bit less talent-wise, maybe a lot less. And you see what he's doing with the Knicks. So that's where I'm at for Coach of the Year. Uh, let's move on to Most Improved Player of the Year. Uh, we have listed our top three candidates, Julius Randle, Christian Wood, and Jeremy Grant. Gabe, we'll let you go first with this one, my friend. Most improved player. Dribble, dunk, flop. Yeah, we've, we've talked about the Knicks all night. I'm sorry to keep repeating myself, but Randall is the dunk, so let's just get that out of the way. Um, the rest of it is based on efficiency, and these guys were close between, you know, Graham, uh, Grant, and Wood. But um, I'm going to go dribble with Wood. He was slightly more efficient at a 20 uh, per rating. Um, he averaged 21 and 9 for the season. But his team is trash. He's all often injured. So, you know, that's his story. As for Grant, 22 and 4 at a 16 per rating. So they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty well balanced with each other. But and there's really no order. I guess you could put them in. But I'll just flop on Grant, even though they both have the worst records in both conferences. 
and uh, Wood is a dribble, and Randall is a duck. All right, Robbie? Yeah, I think I more or less went with the same choices that Gabe did. Julius Randall, I think he's running away with the award, no question. Dribble, Christian Wood. It's unfortunate that he got injured and missed games because he was probably one of the top candidates when the season got going. Uh, my flop will be Jeremy Grant. On paper, he is technically the most improved player. I mean, you see it across his stats. He's averaging 10 more points per game in Detroit. Um, he's had a great season. He's an example of a player who bet on himself, and it kind of worked out in the sense that he is he's taken on a bigger role and doubled his production. Um, <laughs> but it is like Gabe said, in this context, he is the looter in the riot. <laughs> oh man it was right we were right we were right about that we were yeah most improved player i mean yeah i gotta dribble all the way with julius randall man i, I just there's no way that you know it, it, it i sound like a little bit of a hypocrite because last season you know luke with had an incredible increase in his his numbers on paper and like you said robbie the same thing with, with um mr grant this year but I mean, Julius Randle also is making an impact. He's 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 an all-star. This is his first time he's ever an all-star uh, this year. And I think that has to count for something also, the fact that his team is succeeding. So for me, these awards also have to at least maybe have a little bit of success. I think the Rookie of the Year award, you can lack success a little bit on that part of it. But with these awards, it's like, come on. This guy, Julius Randle, came in doing some great things already. So, you know, we're not going to beat the, the horse here again and again and again. Y'all love to beat horses. I said, let's not beat the horses. Stop beating the horses. <laughs> the fuck did the horses do to y'all? Don't beat the horses. Well, that's like, he's dead. like necrophilia, so I don't know. So... <laughs> Gabe started it. Don't beat the horses. Gabe showing his age here. <laughs> it's 2021, man. We love animals. We respect <laughs> animals. They have agency. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. Don't Peter come back. Don't take me, us please. down. We're gonna be on another hiatus, and so not by choice. <laughs> oh man, the Twitter cancel culture is gonna come after us. Yep. Oh, past podcast. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the Sixth Man of the Year award here. Um, I mean, we got a couple guys here on the Utah Jazz: Joel Ingles, Jordan Clarkson. And Jalen Brunson is uh, also on this list here as a finalist. So, Robbie, how do you feel about your sixth man of the year award? For me, it's very simple. Dunk, Jordan Clarkson, I think it's his to lose. Uh, my dribble, hmm. My dribble's going to go to Jalen Brunson. Um, he's really developed into a great backup for Luka. And boy, have they needed it this year because they have been decimated by injuries. And Luka is like teetering on, on trying to getting suspended out here and shit um he's earned more minutes um and he's playing in more closing lineups um he's helped the Mavs stay afloat and uh we'll see what he does in the playoffs um I flop and it's not because I don't think he deserves to be in the conversation again the flop is kind of like the third per the third player on the ballot it's gonna go to Joe Ingles Mr. Jingles look is he more valuable to the Jazz than Jordan Clarkson is Based on their stats and overall game, yes, I would say so. Jingles is more efficient. He's a better player maker and a smarter defender. But I think recency bias 
is making people forget that this award, for better or for worse, is really about points per game. And that's what Jordan Clarkson has provided coming off the bench. Okay? He has won the Jazz games. And look, I know that they lost this game and that he kind of shit the bed the first three quarters of the game. But the fact that Jordan Clarkson can come off the bench and score 24 fucking points in the fourth quarter to give this team a chance to win after being down 14 the other night. I mean, that's going to be crucial for them in the playoffs, especially with guys like Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley coming back from injury. Yeah, I agree with the whole Clarkson point. He's running away with it. 18, he's uh, 17 PER. I'm always about the numbers. Uh, dribble and flop. Um, I'm going to give dribble to Joe because they have a better record. That's usually a better indicator for me. Um, but if you look at the numbers, he and Brunson, since every six man, they only provide scoring pretty much, even though Brunson can dish it out from time to time. Both of these guys are averaging around 12 or 13 points a game. And their efficiency rate is right. They're neck and neck. Joe's at 16, Brunson's at 17. I'm going to give the edge to Joe because, like you said, a better record and they're doing better in the conference. But, you know, Bronson's no slouch. You know, he's, he's you know, he's he's fit for his role. He does what he's supposed to do. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, I got to. Absolutely. I, I, I can't I, I echo everything you said, Robbie. I'm not going to, you know, sugarcoat it any more better than that. But Clarkson, for me, hands down, dribble, like you said, you know, 18, 19 points a game. Pretty impressive, you know, scoring ability, uh, and you have Donovan Mitchell too. So I think it's that's pretty good to to see that, and that's what you need when Mitchell has been out here recently for the Jazz. Um, Rookie of the Year, uh, Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Rob, let you take us away here. Uh, what's your Rookie of the Year looking like? I'm gonna start with my dribble. My dribble is gonna go to Tyrese Halliburton. He's been very impressive. He's stepped up, and it's just so crazy. I think what's been most impressive about him is that he is a rookie, and you kind of forget that he's a rookie because he is so composed, and he just has this leadership on the court, and he's brought value to a team that is in the shitter, quite frankly. Um, my flop, I mean, no, let me, let me start with my dunk because I, I want to propose something here. I am down for a co-rookie of the year award. And the co-rookie of the year award should go to both Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball. All right. Anthony Edwards had a slow start to his rookie campaign, but he picked it up over the season. I mean, he's just been playing lights out lately. LaMelo started, came out of the gates balling. He's been excellent for the Hornets. He's really helped turn this Hornets team around. I know Michael Jordan is beside himself with this draft pick. But he got injured, so I feel like that, you know, that kind of cancels each other out, and they should both win the award. And with that, well, third and fourth on on the ballot, you can you can give it to Jay Jay Sean Tate or Sadiq Bay, both bright spots on otherwise terrible teams with no sense of direction. Okay, we got yeah. another Grant Hill, Jason Kidd, uh, rookie of the year winners, co working. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm gonna go flop. And it's hard to call these guys flop because they've all been pretty good in their own rights. But I'm going to go with Tyrese Halliburton. You know I mean? The numbers, 13 points, three rebounds, five assists, 16 per rating. Um, you know, he's he's done pretty well for the Kings, especially now that Fox was out. But then he got injured, so now they're both out. So DeLon Wright has been filling that void for the Kings lately. But, um, yeah, I, I was pretty high on Halliburton when the season started. And, you know, he's no slouch. It's just that the other guys got more of the attention because of where they're playing, even though I shouldn't say that about Minnesota. But, 
The other guys had more star power. Um, Dribble is Ant. He's averaging 19-4-2 and two at a 13 per clip. So, you know, like you said, he started slow, and that was part because Russell was in. Then once Russell got injured, he kind of assumed the next role behind Cat. <clears throat> excuse me, and he's picked up his game tremendously. Unfortunately, it doesn't really help in the standings because they're still pretty trash, but, you know, his individual game is coming along, you know, smoothly. And, of course, you got LaMelo Ball, 15-6-6 and at a 17 per rating. Um, to me, I like him because he's just a flashy guy, you know. I, I feel like even though he's a rookie, he he shows more promise than Lonzo. We've had this conversation before. I feel like he can lead this team to higher higher heights than Lonzo would with uh, the Pelicans, assuming he's a Pelican long-term. But, um, yeah, Lonzo is a dog, dribble is ant, and flop is Halliburton. Yeah, I got to agree with the order as well because on my end of things here, uh, I, I would say that Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, the co-rookie of the year, is something that's a good thing, Robbie. I kind of just looked that yes, over a little bit. You're on board. My head that. But, but, no, I, I would agree with it because – Here's the thing, though. We look at what LaMelo Ball's impact was for the Hornets, and that's the argument you can make. You can say, you know what, they're they're a playoff play-in tournament team, could be a playoff team, and they're also, you know, they missed him, but they're still, you know, they got him back. They're still in the mix to have him still extend his their season. Anthony Edwards, you know, you look at a, a team. Well, Anthony Edwards is just a whole different beast, though, man, and that's the thing is that regardless, you we watch the game and see how good of a player he is at such a young age and his athleticism too and he came on very late you know not very late but late on to the season so it's almost like that it cancels out each other but then it's like okay Anthony Edwards is great but you know obviously his team that success because I'm always going to look at success how do you impact how was your play are you are you really the stat padding type or <laughs> like we mentioned you know a looter and a riot so it it's tough. This these are some tough awards this year, and I think uh, that's the bright spot of this of this season is that mm-hmm. regardless of what has happened, some guys have really stayed focused and played really well consistently in this this mess of a season, and, and I think they should be equally awarded. So that's where I'm at though. But if I had to really pick right now, I think I think Anthony Edwards would be my my dribble, and then Lamelo will be will be my dunk. You know, as my second on the ballot. Um, and, and the flop can be anybody at this point, man. You got, like you mentioned, Rob Deshaun Tate can go in and out. Hallie Burton, you know, they shut him down the last couple of weeks of the season. Um, Sadiq Bey was out there. And I, I low-key, you know, would say maybe for like a couple of days we could have thrown in Cole Anthony there being a biased Magic fan when he hit that game winner against the uh, Grizzlies. Just maybe a couple of days we could have considered him in the third spot, but that's about it. That's the sad part about this rookie class, though, man. All right, let's get into Defensive Player of the Year. Second to last award we'll discuss here. Our top three finalists, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Bam Matabayo. Gabe, we'll let you start here. Defensive Player of the Year, dribble, dunk, or flop. Let me just say, this, this award is so hard to define who's the actual Defensive Player of the Year. You can go by what the media says. How do you really judge like who's the defensive player of the year? So today I was actually looking up metrics. What makes this award? Like what goes into it? The best I could find was that Utah has a top rank per possession defense. So I'm guessing they teams score less when they play Utah, and that's and partly because of Rudy Gobert. So he is ranked himself number one real plus minus, well, number one in defense real plus minus. Number one in dunks, threes, plus minus. I don't know what the fuck that means. 
but he is ranked number one ahead of all the other guys in the league. So for that reason, I'm going to give him the dunk. But this award in general is just hard to define because you don't really know what goes into it. I know blocks, steals, and stopping your man plays a big role. But it's like, you know, a lot of guys do that. Um, dribble, like I said, I'm going to go with Ben Simmons because that's all I've been hearing. Ben Simmons is a rookie defensive player of the year. So I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. It's a shitty explanation, but it's mine that I'm going with it. And Bam out of bio. You know, he's number three. Um, and I, you know, I don't have words for that. So <laughs> that's, that's how it goes. Uh, Bam is the flop, in my opinion. All right. My, you know, I also was trying to look up, like, what it takes to win a defensive player of the year. I was equally perplexed like Gabe was and I did some research myself and uh it it left me at the following my dribble is going to be Ben Simmons um I think he's had an incredible season he's come out and said that he deserves to win it well pretty much every one of these candidates has come out and said that they deserve to win it um my dunk is going to go to Rudy Gobert um Gabe threw a bunch of stats at Jaw. And, you know, I'll add that, um, you know, he is the heart and soul of the league's number one defense. He is the king of rim protection. He embodies defense. He is the defense for that team. And so, I don't know. I just got to give the edge to him over Ben Simmons for that reason, because he is having a historical reason season. Um, and then third on the ballot, my flop will be Bam Adebayo. I'm not going homer here. He definitely belongs in the conversation. He's a very versatile defender. Um, it's just tough because the other two are just a, a little tier above him right now. I got to agree with your, your list, though. Perfectly fine right there, Robbie, because Rudy Gobert, I've been a big fan since... I've been a big fan. I've been a big, big fan of him You know, since we last discussed about this and um, his, to historically do it. But I think at the same time, you can't go wrong with Ben, ben Simmons winning this award. Um, I think Ben Simmons, to me, is a little bit more favorable, especially amongst the masses, because he can probably defend most positions. Um, and then the Sixers held up pretty well when he when Joel Embiid went down, right? Still maintained themselves as number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Still maintained themselves as number one team defensively. Uh, you know, we can look at hours and numbers and, and things to prove that Joel Embiid makes the impact too defensively. But I don't think we should discredit uh, Ben Simmons for that. Um, so I think you can go both ways. But if I had to pick just one, I would go with Rudy Gobert, award him the award yet again. I think that would be his third, right? His third Defensive yeah. Player of the Year award. So, yeah. you know, getting up there with Dwight Howard. So, um, you know, shout out to Rudy Gobert and the Jazz. You know, I think the Jazz definitely deserve a lot of love. Um, but we have one more award here to review. That is the MVP of the 2020-2021 NBA season dribble, dunk, or flop between Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and we have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Robbie, who are you going with? MVP. I mean, is it even a question at this point? Dunk has got to go to Nikola Jokic. Any other argument for top choice at MVP is is foolish to me, right? <laughs> Dribble, I guess, will go to Joel Embiid. Really? No, I'm sorry. There's no argument. If you're arguing this, you're you're a damn fool. All right. Dribble will go to Joel Embiid. 
And listen, it was close until he got injured. And many were even arguing that he had the edge because he was doing it on both ends of the floor and he was playing on the better team. Um, but that's not the case anymore. Uh, flop, I don't know. Honestly, it could the third on the ballot could go to a number of people, right? It could go to Steph Curry. It could go to Giannis. Um, it definitely shouldn't go to LeBron. But who cares, right? Because... Nikola Jokic is running away with this thing. Uh, all right. Look, I mean, she made good points. It's hard. I can't really argue those points. But let me throw off some numbers in a very close. Um, so Jokic, 26, 10, and 8 on 31 per efficiency rating. Joel Embiid, 29, 10, 31 also per. Giannis, 28, 11, and 6, 29. They're all close. So. What's the tiebreaker? I'm going to go on record. Joel Embiid is a dunk. What? Jokic has been playing out of his mind. I'm, I'm going based on record. You know how this award works. Teams usually pick guys, even though it's an individual award, they go by record. So, as the law states, there's no real law. My law states, you go with the guy who has the better record. So, I'm going with Embiid as the dunk. I've been singing his praises all year. I can't back out now. Dribble is Jokic. I mean, the guy's incredible. He lost Murray. Um, Porter stepped up tremendously. You got Aaron Gordon over there doing his thing finally. He's been a slow starter for that team. But it's all about Jokic. He gets the team running, you know, and they are they've been pretty good. Giannis is a flop. You know, what's up? <laughs> yes? I don't even – I just – Gabe, don't ever run for office because you should not be writing laws. Like, none. Okay? I'm sorry. Look, look, it's, the numbers are razor thin. Look, Jokic has more assists because that's what he does. He's a playmaker. But the numbers are very close. And, and B averages slightly more points. They both get the same amount of rebounds. And he's slightly more efficient. I mean, that's all I'm saying. It's it's a toss-up. You know what? They can be co-MVPs. How about no, that? No, I don't, I don't like that. Co-MVPs no. as a dunk. <laughs> you got Giannis as a flop. There we go. I try to appease the masses. It's hard. Well, it you really failed. Is. It's hard. It, it's it really is hard. It's, it's a the, the problem with this award, there's no criteria, and we all make our own criteria, like you, the Mr. Gabe, the lawmaker over there. Um, you know, our criteria. Our, but they always go with the team with the better I, record. I get it. That's you know, I get that aspect of it, and that's a good argument. Because, but, you know, for me, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the tip with Robbie. You know, I've dribbled on Jokic all day, dunk on Embiid, and I'm flopping on Chris Paul as a third on the ballot, but just for the record here. But um, Jokic is just... Jokic is the most valuable to his team, you know, and if, if we, if I think a lot of people look at the MVP award that way and take that valuable, the V part of this acronym, very serious with the NBA award. And I think there's a certain group that looks at, you know, success. Okay, well, off rip, you know, Joel Embiid, they're, they're you, Gabe. Joel Embiid has the best record. He led his team to the best record, although, you know, he, he missed two weeks. I don't think the two weeks impacted him, honestly. I think he just came back and played great basketball regardless. So yeah, but the Sixers the won without him. And exactly. That's what gives the and, edge to Nicola. I'm and sorry. That's what I, and, and Nicola, look at how many games Nicola has, has missed. Tell, tell him, Robbie. I know you saw it. It's written down. I know you know, know you have it. That's all I'm saying. You know, availability wins for me. That's my criteria. That, that's true. But the voters, they, they don't respect the foreign players. I mean, what's the last uh, one that won one? Dirk Nowitzki? Well, you know. Like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. He's actually from Greece. But... Before Giannis, before Giannis, they always give it to the guys that are here in the States. I'm not making this up. I'm just stating facts. Like, like you say, you can make an argument for both, but like if now Chevy, now 
Chevy's brought me over because he said valuable part. Yes, Jokic is that guy. He does everything for the team. And then Robbie also says that um, Embiid was out. So damn it, you guys, you've kind of persuaded me a little bit to go in the opposite Tell him again, Chevy. But, Tell but him again. Time, who's your dunk? Who's your dribble? Time, and who's your flop, Chevy? Tell him again. Clarify for the close. masses. It's close. But, okay, you know, that's fine. Jokic, you're the dunk. You got me. You got me. You got me. No Chevy, lay down the hammer. We need your picks again. Clarify for the mat. The people need to know. Logan needs to know. Shout out to Logan. So we're <laughs> so so we're dribbling. We're dribbling on <laughs> Joel Embiid. We're Joel. You know, Joel Embiid is doing this. It's man. I love it though. I love this. Yeah, it's funny. I was listening to the dime with Josh Rodriguez, and he brought up that we should probably just change this name. Of this award for the NBA because it just kind of doesn't make sense sometimes. Like who, like if if there are it's like a criteria. If it's the best record game, I got you, hands down. But that's not the law. But it's a good. But that's how they usually do it, though. I'm not making this up. That's how they it's do it. It's not true though because look, James Harden didn't have the best record when he won, I believe, and Russell Westbrook. Well, that was different. He was leaps and bounds. That's what I'm saying. It just. These guys didn't have the best record. Well, you're right. Their you're teams right. weren't even remotely close to yeah, being like right. contenders, and they won the MVP. And like Giannis last year won. Like I mean, yeah, the Bucks maybe won the best. You know, were the best team in the league record wise. But I mean, that's only because it was Giannis, and they just I don't know. Look, I always say this every year. It's called the redistribution award. They don't want to give it to the same people over and over again. So the writers get together. Okay, this guy got it last year. Let's give it to someone else this year. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Let's well, do you it. could Let's be do you could be Reggie Miller and on TNT and 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 pick and then share this tonight that your number one MVP is Steph Curry, and then get into Yo- Nikola Jokic and then beat after the fact. I mean, but see, that's the criteria is that it may be Steph without Steph Curry. Yeah, the Warriors probably are fifteen wins. And then you can make an argument that Steph Curry is probably the most valuable. But no, he's, you know, that's where if you say, okay, Jokic, he led his team to a better record. I mean, but you take away Jokic and maybe the Denver Nuggets are slightly better than. Look, I'm not getting into that argument. That's that's a problem with this award. And that's why. So basically, this is another D-point award. We don't we don't know what really makes up the award. We don't know the metrics. We just go based on. We don't, popularity. but I think in, in I, we don't. But I think in fairness this year, I think the way that we're looking, that Rob and I are looking at Jokic, it's I mean, you said it yourself, dude. He's a he's a playmaker. Like he does it all. You guys win. I'm sorry, you win. Okay, I'll take Jokic. So Chevy, dog. who's I'm defeated. I'm defeated. Who's third on your ballot? I'm curious. You've got Nikola Jokic one. Joel and B two. Who is third on your ballot? I I'm going. I I'm okay with the Chris Paul. I think there was a big campaign for him the last couple okay, weeks. Uh, major okay. media. Uh, he doesn't you know, have the numbers though. He doesn't. See, that's and, the other thing too. Is I think that <laughs> here we go again. Another thing to weigh out is stats and then narratives when you're thinking stats, about narratives. These I think success. Like, how do you impact success? Too to me. And I think Chris Paul does that greatly for the Phoenix Suns. If he wasn't there, are the Phoenix Suns that great? You know, that's the question I think we right. should always ask with MVP. Yeah. And, you know, I think the campaign is fair. Do I agree with it? No, it's fair to say he's number one. But come on, like, Nikola Jokic is literally the team there that's that's doing everything. I watched this man dribble the ball up the court and make a pass or get down on the post and score. Like, <laughs> it just he it just makes the place happen at the right time. He just knows what to do with the ball. and. 
he's doing it from all angles. Um, maybe he's not defensive, a, be, a better defensive player than Joel Embiid. I agree with that. Whatever. Chris Paul, you know, he's not probably the best player on the, the Suns. Devin Booker, he? hands down to me. I think Devin Booker is the best player right now in the Suns to me. Okay. Um, looking, you know, across the board, I think I think we got to say Devin D. Book. But, man, it's hard. And Giannis, too, almost made a case. I think that the series against the Nets, the little homestand with the Nets, they had um, kind of proved that Giannis was very important to that team and their success. But, you know, I think most of the season it has been these top guys, Nicola, Chris, and uh, Joel, for sure. I'm just surprised and impressed that you didn't finagle LeBron James into into the mix here somehow. I figured so, you would try to. Right? So with that being oh, said. Oh, here it goes. Know, here it goes. <laughs> with that being said, I, you know, you guys, are, we, we have we have a new uh It's my fault, Gabe. I brought it up. It's my fault. We have a, we have a new podcast up. on the yes, network called uh, The Ten with Cody Gwynn and uh I was on I was on the podcast with him and, and he asked me for my top ten MVPs this year if I had a ranking the top ten most important players and you know I use my criteria of valuable um and availability was two factors and um how valuable and you know availability and I think LeBron lands in about the top the bottom half of that sixth place at the at the highest. We obviously saw what what the Lakers were with him in the lineup and without him and and how he shows his value but I think the other top five guys and i think i'd go top five like this let's just shoot it shoot the shit for it right um my top three already gave you guys chris paul the third fourth i'd give luca fifth i'd give steph curry and then everything else can we can argue about later on wow. damien's up there i put russell westbrook at 10 and i had uh number nine was julius randall i think julius randall earned some sort of mvp conversation he's a he's a valuable player not a bad list yeah good. hey Seven, in the spirit of plugging things was. It was Giannis. com. Yes. I've got an article out going more in depth with my picks for all of the NBA awards. And shout out to Cody and his new pod. Yeah, shout out to Cody. I actually want to give him a real shout nice. out here at the end of the show. But before we do that, let's talk about our uh, Eastern Conference, Western Conference tiers here really quickly. Robbie Gabe. Um, so at the beginning of the season, we did our preview. We picked bottom feeders, so the worst of the worst in each conference. Dumpster fires, teams that would be making the headlines for all the wrong reasons. And the bottom feeders, by the way, were Gabe's teams he doesn't give a fuck about. Um, wild cards, yeah. the surprise teams, the pretenders, the bullshit teams we see right through. And the contenders, obviously the teams that are really coming for the rang. Um, rang. Let's start with the rang. Eastern Conference here. Uh <laughs> Bottom feeders. Who though. did we have to start the Ooh. season? I think you should you should say like so have Gabe go first. He, name his bottom <laughs> feeders to start the season and have him name his bottom feeders now. And then we'll okay, go like that. that. That way okay. we can just call each other out on bad picks or but, good picks. Yeah, collectively for the Eastern Conference, I think we were on par for the most part when it came to bottom feeders, and we listed the the Detroit Pistons. Even Cavaliers, Orlando Magic, where they're they're clear, clearly there. The Chicago Bulls are are in that zone almost, and I almost call it the shit zone now. And then um the New York Knicks were on our bottom feet list, which clearly all three of us should probably be ashamed, right? Not really, right? Nobody expected this. No, we didn't see it coming. Exactly. So you know what? I'll take I'll take the bullet on that one. Like I was yeah. wrong. I was wrong. 
Yeah. Shout out to Knicks fans. You know, our biggest Knicks fans that we know, uh, we network with is Josh Rodriguez from The Dime, his podcast. Um, He's a very happy guy. And listening to him talk about his Knicks and him so happy about it is, it it makes me one day want to feel like that, guys, for the Orlando Magic. I can't wait till hopefully soon. Don't hold your breath. Don't hold your breath. Shut up. Great monster to like. Shut up. Up. Let's talk about dumpster fires in the Eastern Conference. Uh, dumpster fires as follows. Robbie and I said the Brooklyn Nets and the Charlotte Hornets. Gabe said the Brooklyn Nets. He agreed, but he added and substituted the Sixers in there instead of the Hornets. How do we feel about that, guys, as dumpster fires? And those are teams that were making headlines for the wrong reasons. I don't think the six They made it for the great reasons. Gabe? Now, well, you ever go my, now my dumpster fire teams? So I, I can give you that. There will be the Celtics and the Magic. Um, the Celtics, for ob- the obvious Danny Ainge reasons, the guy's a piece of shit and they're trash. And the Magic, we all know their chronicled history of all their, you know, We're purposely terrible trying management to do it, issues. Though. We're purposely trying to do it for a top five pick, though. So I'm okay with it, you know. I guess. I mean, I guess, but Celtics and the Magic are the new dumpster fire teams. I, I think I think the Nets collectively, you know, they they've had their number of headlines. KD and Twitter, Kyrie coming out, of, you know, saying certain things, and his hiatus a couple of times in the season. James Harden, um, obviously the drama with him. He didn't have to think about James. No drama in, in um New Jersey or um, New Jersey, Brooklyn. But of course, um, how do you feel about that, Robbie? Do you think we we hit the nail on the head here almost? I feel like you know the Nets. You know, they're the bridge between a dumpster fire and a contender. So technically, we weren't completely off on that. It's like you said, yeah. they did make headlines, not necessarily for the best reason at times. And, you know, it remains to be seen. It, I think that, you know, depending on what they do in the playoffs, things could go really well or really bad for them. My dumpster yeah. fire is now, I mean, definitely not the Hornets anymore. I think the Hornets overachieved in this case. They weren't a dumpster fire at all. Lamelo panned out perfectly for them thus far i agree with gabe celtics are my dumpster fire and the pacers the two most disappointing teams in Mm. the eastern conference if not in the league entirely i mean they both underachieved they both have uncertain futures yeah i agree with that um yeah i gotta agree with that uh sneaky good teams so um, starting off with all of us we we select the washington wizards i think that's fair at this point uh, Gabe, uh, respectively, you picked the Atlanta Hawks being a sneaky good team, and they they kind of sort of have excelled themselves into the playoffs. And the Hornets, shout out to you, yeah, Gabe. Gabe I think nailed been, it. I think you were nailing the Eastern Conference pretty well. For myself, I listed the, the Pacers, and they were not sneaky good. They might have been sneaky bad instead. Um, unfortunately <laughs> for me, Robbie, you did round out your sneaky good uh, with the Sixers. They were beyond sneaky good. I know. They were and good, the good. So, you know. Great good. Technically Great not good. wrong. I think nice. I would throw the Hornets into the mix. Yeah. Sneaky good wild card teams. Yeah, that's who that's who Gabe have. Good, good job, Gabe. Um, going on to the pretenders. So both of you list the Pacers, and I think that's I think that's what, where I would want to put them right now. The Pacers. They're, oh, yeah, they're still they're pretenders, there. and it's I think it's a, I think you guys are great. You hit the nail in the head there. I picked the Raptors, and obviously we talked about them earlier. Nailed it. Um <laughs> Gabe, you put the Celtics <laughs> as pretenders, and I think, I think I agree with that. Uh, at the time, that, that was point. very bold. Yeah, that the time, yeah, that's true. That was a bold one. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, so I got Robbie. Ready. You had Ooh, the baby. Hawks as pretenders. Um, I had the Hawks, and 
I'm gonna tell y'all something. I'm keeping them there. I'm keeping them there. Me too. I got the pigeons in the hole. Keeping me them too. there. Listen, for a while there, they were proving me right. They turned it around once they got Nate Nate McMillan into the helm. But let us not forget, Nate McMillan has not won a playoff game. And if the playoffs were to start today, I believe we are the fourth seed. They are the fifth seed. We'd roll through them. We'd roll yeah. through them. Yeah. Another team that is going to be my pretenders now because I have my Pacers the Pacers as dumpster fires now is going to be the Bulls because they never really unlocked the potential that we thought they would have after being declared the winners of the trade deadline we thought they made all these moves we're like holy shit the Bulls might fucking make a run for it and they kind of flopped yeah Uh, I agree I agree with that I agree hands down contenders though um I think we got this right for the most part. Uh, we talked about the Heat, the Bucks, uh, being up there. Uh, we collectively have listed the Raptors, and then Robbie and I we added the Celtics to the list, and obviously they're not there. Um, we we went fifty fifty on that one, Chevy. <laughs> it's all good, but I, I think the contenders list is pretty accurate. Except now we can probably besides the Heat and Bucks, I think what we can add, and I still want to leave you know Miami in there, of course, Philly. New um yeah. Philly um not I I'm now the Knicks though we haven't really kind of fitted them into like this conversation after we talked about them being at the dumpster our point by the way to kind of backtrack though where would we where would you guys I would say maybe sneaky good teams sneaky good wild yeah. cards for the Knicks I, yeah I, I'm gonna hold my breath because you know Tom Thibodeau doesn't necessarily have the best playoff track record and it's gonna be the yeah. first time in a while they're unproven in the playoffs so we will see. Yeah, I can agree with that. So let's do this. All right. So I got so we we agree with Miami, Milwaukee, um, Brooklyn Nets move into here. Yeah, yeah the Nets. Sixers. I think I think it's the top four, honestly, in the, in this Eastern mm-hmm. Conference that you can't you can't really shy away. Well, let me say the Heat are fifth place, but regardless, you know they they are they are cont- they're a contender, man. The contenders they they have won the Eastern Conference last year. Let's. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll I actually have the Heat as a wild card because of the ups and downs they had this season. They could be right. The season, you know, but at this point for me, I feel like they can contend. All right, let's talk about this Western Conference here. Um, we'll start with the the we'll start with the bottom feeders here. So bottom feeders, uh, we talked about the Timberwolves being there, the Kings, and the Thunder. Now, all three of those teams, we equally agreed on being bottom feeders. And I think, quite frankly, at this point, they are at the bottom, very bottom, one, two, and three at the bottom, if you look at the bottom of the Western mm-hmm. Conference. However, Gabe added a fourth team, <laughs> traded this team for the San Antonio Spurs to the bottom feeders section. Being the Utah Jazz, Gabe, how do you feel about wow. this so I traded, decision now? I traded the Jazz to the bottom feeders? <laughs> Dude, Not only that, <laughs> both of y'all gave me shit for putting the Jazz as contenders. Carry on. But I mean, I know we'll we'll talk about. That I, I got the second, Spurs but... back at the bottom feeders, so I added them and the Rockets and the Grizzlies to the bottom feeders this time around. So yeah, I agree. Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. But I mean, wild cards were was the thing of the West though, because wild cards we all talked about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. we all agreed the Suns would be the wild yep. card teams. Um, the Grizzlies. The Mavericks, the Pelicans, uh, Gabe for you specifically, um, the Warriors for you, Gabe and Robbie, both of you mm-hmm. agreed they would be wild card teams. Uh, I added in the Spurs being a wild card team as well as you, Robbie. 
And um, I think that's pretty on par, right? Like, those are the teams we just weren't too sure about. They're just the wild card yeah. teams. Yeah, I'm I'm actually, I've got the spur. So, bottom feeders, normal, dumpster fire. Well, we haven't gone over that yet, but. For my wild card sneaky good teams, I've got the Spurs, which I know that we said epitomize the definition of a wild card team. The Grizzlies, um, Mavs. I threw in the Blazers because, you know, they're 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 getting it together at the right time. They've got all these guys coming back from injury, CJ McCollum, Nurkic. And we say this every year. We're like, if the Blazers are healthy, they're gonna be like a fourth, fifth seed in the West. And they're doing that right now. But we still don't know what they can do in the playoffs in this conference. So I'm going to put them there. Well, my wild cards are, I got the Warriors, Suns, and Mavs. So I feel like that's still the same. But those are my wild cards. Yeah. You, just don't, you just don't know what the Warriors are going to do, how Curry's going to lead this team in the playoffs. And then, yeah. you know, the rest of the sure. obvious. Yeah, hands down. Um, let's move on to dumpster fires real quick. In the Western Conference here, of course. Um, so Gabe and I agree that the Clippers and the Rockets would be dumpster fires. Robbie, you agree with the Rockets, but also uh, wanted to put in the Kings here instead of the Clippers. And um, I don't know about the Clippers, man. The Clippers, mm, very quiet, though. Very quiet, Kawhi, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Gabe, in the episode. I I, I don't know, man. I don't think they, they, they've met the dumpster fire definition for us. Did they? You feel like they have, Robbie? Like, very subtle... Quiet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that with the Clippers, we just have to wait to see what they do in, in the in the playoffs, right? That's, That's what it is. Kind of what we've been saying all yeah, year. Yeah, it's what it is. It's you know, talk the talk at the right time. Before we move on, I actually want to throw a team into the mix for dumpster fires. So oh, okay, to going into the season, I had the Kings as a dumpster fire. Yeah, didn't really pan out. They're just bottom feeders, right? Pelicans. Me, I, I got them now also. Me too. Same old shit again. Same old shit. They've got a bunch of questions going into the offseason. What the hell are they going to do with Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe? What is their plan to get Zion into the playoffs like Adam Silver so very wants? Because they missed the playoffs again. This play tournament is just for Zion. Exactly. I mean, do, are they even in the playing tournament? No, uh, nope, right? Nope, no. nope, nope, nope. They're not. They're eliminated. They're done. Yeah. Yep. Dumpster fires. I agree. Kings and Pelicans, <laughs> dumpster fires for now. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. Well, we'll move on to pretenders here. Um, pretenders, I said the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Gabe said the San Antonio Spurs. Robbie said the Clippers and the Pelicans, of course. Um. I, I still stand a little bit where I'm at, although Dame uh, time really coming up big. You know, I think a big win for them was definitely beating the Lakers a couple weeks ago, and Dame had like 38 points on that in that game and um played well. You know, definitely needed to win that game, which is why the Lakers are in the playing tournament at this present moment. Um, the Spurs, I don't know, Gabe. That that was a hard team engaged, so I don't know if I would have called them pretender. Maybe just a wild card. You still feel like that? I got. Well, let me just say my pretenders now. This shouldn't be a shock to either one of you. The Jazz and the Blazers. They bullshit, you are such a hater. The bullshit teams we see right through them. It's the same shit every year with these two teams. 
No, they're not. The Mormons are going to cancel you. I'm just saying, the Jazz, you got to see what they do in the playoffs. They had a nice run last year, but no, they're, they're just pretenders. And the Blazers, the same old story. This team ain't it, man. Like, they, they've been playing well lately, but this McCollum, Dane thing, this dynamic, you may have to break it up already. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. I don't want to be, sound like a player hater with the Blazers, but, you know, we'll see. Playoffs, man. Playoffs is coming up. That's where, that's where we're at, man. Um, so I had the Clippers and the Pelicans. Uh, we already said the Pelicans are going to be my dumpster fire. Um, moving the Clippers up to contenders. Talk. I'll talk about them in a minute. My pretenders, and I might ruffle a few feathers here. <laughs> I'm the ready. Suns and the Warriors. Chevy got... Do I need to say that again? You're going to ru- ruffle some feathers? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm ruffling feathers here with my pretender picks. The Suns and the Warriors. Okay, the Suns, when they play the Lakers, they have a f- fatal flaw. They have a big man problem, and that will not bode well for them against mm. the likes of the contenders on this list. And I get this feeling that they might just unravel in the playoffs and not make it far because of that reason. I think that the Warriors... They just don't have enough to win a series in the playoffs. And they may not even get past the play-in if, for example, they have to face the Lakers. So even though they've exceeded expectations, I don't think that they're going to do much else. Yeah, well, here's the problem with, with the Warriors, right? Like, I, the one, I'm halfway right because I, I thought they could be a top-five defensive team uh, in the league. And, and really, if we look at defensive rating right now, they, they're number five. So... That just came on late, and I think it's part of the problem. I, I'm not confident in that team. Yeah, I would agree. If they have to play the Lakers, they're, they're probably not beating the Lakers. Um, the Lakers are a better team on paper when healthy, and they're they've been a little disappointing. So I would pretty much demote them to um, maybe just maybe just pretenders. Yeah, for sure, because I I can't I I can't say that they're going to be a team that. The thing is, to call them contenders at the beginning of the season was basically saying that they could go as far as maybe the semifinals or maybe upset somebody and go to the Western Conference Finals. Now, I don't think they can get out the first round, even if they make the playoffs. So, that's where I'm at with the Warriors. But, I mean, it's been great to watch Steph Curry, no, hands down. Credit to oh, him. Yeah. Oh, All the glory. Sure. Yep. All the glory. So, contenders, though. Contenders here. We all list uh, pretty much the same contenders when it comes to the Lakers and Nuggets. We all agree with that. We did kind of, you know, tear off a little bit here where we... You guys went with the Trailblazers. Gabe said the Mavericks. Robbie said the Jazz. And I had the Warriors as my fourth team. The Warriors and the Clippers, excuse me, were my two that rounded up. We always talked about the Warriors. Do you guys still feel like the Trailblazers are contenders? Nope. They're pretenders. Coming into the playoffs? Well, I, I put my I put the Blazers as well. Pretenders all the way. Yeah, the Clippers are contenders for me as well. Technically, and Robbie's, they're contenders right now. Robbie's right about the Jazz being a contender. I don't care what you say. Yeah. I, I, I think all signs on paper, all signs of what I've seen, that – I gotta say they're a contender. Let me let me make listen with mm-hmm. make your point, Gabe. Go, go, go. In the words of Stu Gods, do it in the playoffs. Do it when it counts. That's all I gotta say. Well, I mean well, how about this, Gabe? Do you feel like um Luca and the Mavericks are can contend this this year? Not this year, no. 
No, because no. of big Porzingis, no. he's too damn soft. So they have no bigs in there. So no, not this year. Well, you were wrong then at the beginning. Of this year. I was. I was wrong. <laughs> That's on me. I'll All take right. it. You were wrong. You were wrong. I'm gonna man. jump but, in uh, here and I'm gonna throw a little curveball. With regard to the Lakers, if the Lakers don't make the finals, then we got to build a little bridge for them and make them the biggest dumpster fire of the... No, fuck it. The biggest dumpster fire of the league this season. Fair? Fair? Because I, 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 mean, I can jump on board for that. I'm not hating either, but it's true. Like, I mean... Chevy? No, Gabe. You're a player hater. I'm not hating, man. LeBron's my age. We're getting old, man. You know? Oh, my God. (laughs) You know what I'm going to say? Well, you know, Gabe. We always have this discussion every year, Gabe. We always have have this discussion, Gabe. We always tell you every year, Gabe. That's country chef. Is that Colin talking right now? (laughs) I don't know what that was. We tell you the same thing every time, Gabe. Every year. All right. There's two men you never doubt in sports. You know who those two men are? Oh, here we go. All right. I'm going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I refuse. (laughs) All right. We'll wrap the show up then. Give the people some shout outs here. Rob, you have any shout outs? Um, shout out to you guys. It's nice to be back with you guys. Really? I didn't really have a shout out. Yeah. I just pulled that That's one cool. out of my ass. But <laughs> I I, I am happy to be back with y'all. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoffs, For sure. no. baby. For sure, yeah. Low key, low key, yo. I I did miss the crew, man. We missed doing this and miss the people that listen to us. Shout out to Logan again. You know, <laughs> shout out to the people that listen to it. Gabe, how about you? Have any shout outs? Yeah, there? out of my ass too. Shout out to the crew. We're back. It's been a while. We've, hey! we, we've been kind of doing our own things, but kind of keeping in touch from a distance. But, you know, we're back. And, and the playoffs are starting. Gabe is a very busy man. Gabe is God, a very, is. very it's, busy it's, man. It's just that I got so many notifications on my phone. I'm going to screenshot it one day and show you all the stuff at the top of my phone. It's ridiculous. So fucking popular. We're at the bottom. Yeah, Let, we are definitely. Know. He has like a hierarchy, right? <laughs> yes. Wifey, kids, no. parents, mm, and then all the way at the bottom is let me respond to these assholes memes. No, Robbie, let's tell the people it's actually fantasy sports, then family. Oh, oh right, <laughs> right. That's true. You know, that's me. Money over family, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm playing my money. I get mad, you know? Money over everything, yeah, like Adam Silver. Listen to this podcast. My, my family, they're yeah. cool too. They're cool too. They're cool too. Uh, I look, guys. <laughs> I just wanted to shout out to. Uh, I wanted to shout out to Cody though, uh, for sure. Cody again. Uh, he did want to go ahead and you know cross paths here with his podcast, our podcast. Uh, I'm sure we're all kind of intertangled between the podcasts here as the NBA playoffs go on. But uh, he's launched a new podcast called the Ten. Uh, the theme of this podcast is to bring guests on with sports-related topics every week. Well, they'll go over a different topic. The first two episodes are out right now at BaselineTimes.com. And his first episode was the um, – he brought on a guest. His guest and uh, himself, they covered the t- top 10 best uh, sports video games. Oh. And um, so that's yeah, that was like the first one there. The second uh, episode is out, and um, he's given a double-double on the first week on debut week here. Uh, the second one does go over the top 10. Gabe, you might like this. The top 10 
um, MMA lightweight fighter. I saw that actually today on Instagram. Um, so that is um, week two. Week three will feature myself. Uh, he has gone internal, so he will feature me, and we'll give a little bit of NBA talk. I'll talk about my my top ten NBA list a little bit more in depth uh, for the MVPs, and we talked about the NBA season in general, how it went. Gave you guys some love and this podcast some love, just a cross reference here on the Baseline Times Network. But he's very excited to do this, and um, yeah, guys, I mean, shout out to us. BaselineTimes.com is where we're at at Baseline Times, Instagram, Twitter. We got some exciting, great NBA podcast uh, content coming up. In the playoffs, we've got some content at BaselineTimes.com. And we have the Podcaster Bracket Challenge coming out again. Robbie Gabe, we will not lose this year. We cannot we lose this podcast challenge. I'm not going to lose this year. Gabe, We're not going to let it up. So, uh, Sports on Tap win. Um, no. The Dime is joining us back again. And we have a, a, a special guest that's joining us in that challenge. His name is Mr. Ben Barry. Ben, ben Barry, Barry, shout out to Ben. Actually, shout, shout out to out Ben. ben. I, I, I like Ben Barry, man. He's a great man because Joel Embiid is a monster this year, Ben. Yeah. That's it, though. Um, as always, you guys can find me at Baseline Chevy on the Twitter machine. Robbie Gabe, where can the people find you at? At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on the Twitter and the gram. Gabe XL across both platforms. You know what it is. Word.